Hi, everybody. I'm Diane Canada, and we are live. Our topic this week is why they're like the wizard. You know, we're talking a lot about the seemingly big and scary progressive liberals who seem to have a bit of a megaphone right now across major media, across big tech, through woke corporations, all of this. But we've played a fun clip, a little memory lane clip on Monday's show about the big and powerful Oz and how he turned out to just be a simple man behind a curtain. It's exactly the same in politics. A lot of us have these intimidating perceptions of elected officials, but they're just simple people who are determined. Good people who get elected are determined to serve others, and so they produce good fruit. Bad people, people with wrong motives, are determined to serve their own interests so they can't help but produce rotten fruit. We've got plenty of that going on in America right now. Simple enough. Have you ever thought about running for office? And when I say that, do you get the same like knee-jerk reaction that I did? Like what, me? Like me run for office? When God prompted my heart to run for state House of Representatives a couple of years ago, everything inside of me resisted that. I mean, I thought you had to be a lawyer. I thought you had to have a degree. I thought that you had to have experience in the political realm, but you don't, not at all. I've always believed that God qualifies the called. He doesn't call the qualified. And this was going to be the ultimate test of that in my life at every level. Then I had to get past the fear of it. I mean, the swamp monsters are real. <laughs> Those bad ones that are in office are as corrupt as they come. And their brains work very differently than mine does. I was afraid I would get blindsided. Um, you know, a lot of them have nasty tactics. They have well-calculated chess moves. And I just was fearful of that. So I started chickening out, like big time chickening out. And then my life coach, Grace, got me on the phone immediately. And she said, what is wrong with you? We've been planning this for months and months. You know, this is what you're supposed to do. What is going on? And I said, Grace, I just feel like I'm going into the lion's den. She said, oh, you are. She said, but have that work out for Daniel. And that's when I realized, you know, God's going to walk alongside of me in this. He's going to give me the grace to do it. And he's going to protect me. And that's how I settled down. We talked yesterday on the show a lot about wisdom, how knowledge is knowing what to do, but wisdom is knowing when to do it. So I would never suggest to any of you that you need to run out and put your name on a ballot and run for office. Not, you don't ever want to do that, you know, half-heartedly or frivolously, but if God is stirring your heart toward to become more politically active or even to run for office then again, don't do it without him in the middle of it, or you won't have the favor necessary to run the gauntlet. But if he is tugging at your heart, I hope today's show will help open your eyes to some of the options that you have in your community. We can't let our perceptions of what those big progressive liberals are doing overshadow the reality. Evil is no match for God. Light always draws out darkness. We have unbelievable favor and authority in Christ. 
And today we're going to show you how you can send the enemy packing and start taking elected seats back in your community. This is how we preserve America, city by city, folks just like you getting out of the stands and onto the field. So let's enjoy the show today, and I, I hope that you'll give us your comments. If you're watching uh, by Facebook, we see you out there on Facebook, on LinkedIn. in on Periscope today. All right, I'm going to bring in a couple of great friends of mine today to help drill out this topic. We're going to give you some real nuts and bolts information today. So have your pen and paper handy too. First, I want to welcome into the show my friend Cheryl Brown. She is the chairman of the Williamson County GOP, and she's also an incredible conservative woman of God. Please welcome in my friend Cheryl Brown. Hello, love. Uh, we can't hear you. Let's turn your mic. Let's get your mic working. Okay. She'll get it there. And yes. just, there it's she is. Now. <laughs> hey, how are you today, how Cheryl? I am well. Good. Good to see you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, yes. Always a pleasure to have you on. And I love how the, I'm getting so many comments from folks, how they love to see, um, you know, this community of women showing up regularly on the program. They're getting to know you guys. And that's awesome, too. Great conversation today. We're excited about it. Also joining us today on the show is my friend Hannah Cannon. She serves with me in the Nashville Republican Women's Club. And she is a great businesswoman and mom too, conservative woman of God. And for this show, I'll go ahead and remind you guys that her fiance, Quincy McKnight, is running for the U.S. congressional seat here in Tennessee for District 5. We're going to oust the Cooper dynasty, <laughs> hopefully this time. And uh, y'all want to get behind Quincy McKnight. But please welcome in Hannah Cannon to the show. Hi, Hannah. Hey, Diane. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me again. Yes. Thanks yeah. for being here. Sure. Love having you. Amen. All right, ladies. So I think uh, I, I know that for several of you. Um, well, let's just say in your household right now, you are up close and personal with this topic today. Um, I've run for office. Cheryl, your position is an elected position. And Hannah, you know, you are a chairman in the Nashville Republican Women Over a Committee, uh, but your fiance is running currently for a very big seat. So you guys, let's talk for a minute about the fear, you know, uh, and maybe even what people may not know about how, how, you don't have to be qualified with certain credentials to run for office. Cheryl, I'm going to bring you in on that first, because okay. not only are you in an elected position, but you oversee so many elected officials in your district. So can you talk about that for a minute? What comes to mind for you? Just being an, an elected official. Oh, it's well, it can be a lonely place. You know, I think we talked about that at one time, you know, when you are, uh, especially when you're trying to do the right thing, when you're trying to do the right thing, it could just be one of those things where, you know, where, you know, people want to do what they want to do and they want to do it their, their way. And especially when you are a Christian, you're trying to do things that is ethical and, and with integrity and rightness. And so you, you have, there, there, there is a little bit of struggle there, um, trying to be a leader living, um, as a, a conservative Christian in this political, on this political platform. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult. I think you have to be the one qualification that I would say for women watching is, maybe you would agree with this, Cheryl, is you've got to be really grounded in who you are and what you believe. That's right. 
That's right. We were we talked about that once before. Remember when I was saying that how um, I had the opportunity to sing on the stage with Keith Urban in, at the CMA Awards in 2006. And mm-hmm. while we had the opportunity to um, uh, for a rehearsal, every people were coming in because they were hearing each other sing, you know, so and they were saying, oh, you're you. Well, you can sing. You, I'm like, you got the voice. Well, I never heard anybody tell me that because they just overpassed me and telling every, you know, some of the other people that. So, and I stood there, and the only thing that I could think of was, wow. So this is what happens. Um, you know, why people, you see people go in one way. They're trying to go in as a Christian and stand up for their values, but because if they don't get the, the pat on the back or get the approval from man, then they compromise. And so mm-hmm. I was determined that it didn't matter to me. I knew who I was and I was not going to compromise just to get someone to tell me that I was doing a great job mm-hmm. or I sing well, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, it's real easy. Um, it's it's real if, if you're not real grounded in who you are and who I'd, I'd say even more importantly, whose you are. We don't live our lives for that audience of one. So there's all kinds of temptations along the path to pull us into all kinds of trouble. Hannah, what comes to mind for you on this on this opening monologue today? So I wanted to first share, you know, why I'm passionate about uh, being involved in politics. It started actually many, many years ago, over 25 years ago, um, uh, encouraged by my grandmother who actually um, only had a middle school education and she saved her hard-earned wages. And I've told this to you before to help put me through college. Mm -hmm. Um, So from her caring nature, I took that on from her and I've always had a heart to to serve others. especially those in need, because there were times in my childhood where I was in need. Um, And so my first experience in politics was, guess what? Um, You still there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Was, was, um, and and let me just say, I was very quiet and kind of meek growing up. So, but God called Mm -hmm. me in high school to run for senior class president. And that was, Big, big deal back then. It was about uh-huh. 26 years ago down in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Uh-huh. Um, um, I was fearful. I was scared, but I had a, a rapport uh, with all uh, of the students, the majority of the students, every diverse background of the students in, in um, Oakland High School. I had a, a rapport with each of them, um, whereas my opponents did not. Uh, they mm-hmm. had a rapport with one segment of, of, of the school. And so um, I was told that because I had a rapport with, you know, the majority of that, the diverse diversity of the school, that I would be great um, at um, being a voice for everyone. Mm-hmm. So this was all this also started my walk with God as, as well. And um, this is my first time at asking that God showing me that I could trust him. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have much money. I had friends behind me that helped make posters and banners by hand. <laughs> um, my opponents had, you know, Kinko's FedEx posters and billboards on the street. You know, <laughs> I, you know, me and my friends got together and put, you know, put our efforts to, you know, these handwritten posters, um, you know, flyers, handwritten. You know, we didn't have cell phones and things back then. Um, but at that time, I just trusted God. 
And when I found out that I had won, I burst into tears because that was God showing me that, hey, if you put your mind to anything, you know, I will give you the strength where you're, you know, where you're weak. And, and Diane, to your point, he does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Mm-hmm. And so That's that started my path in politics on into um, Howard University. Um, I continued being involved in politics in D.C. I've never ran for a uh, a national or local political office, mm-hmm. um, but I do get behind candidates such as Quincy McKnight, who I'm very proud of, and he's very inspirational with his background, you know, com- growing up in foster care and, yeah. you know, bootstrapping from the ground up his business that's become a multi-million dollar business. So mm-hmm. um, that's what it has inspired me to not run just yet, um, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. maybe one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, getting behind Quincy McKnight right now um, and whoever else comes, you know, down the pike in this in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're proud of Quincy and, and we know he's going to do great on the on the campaign trail this um, coming year. We're getting ready to have his kickoff party this week, which we're going to be broadcasting live from. I should I should just go ahead and let you guys know. Uh, and yeah, we're just going to we're just going to watch Quincy. We're going to support him every everywhere we can and all of our all of our Republican candidates. I know a lot of people out there are pretty, they've got a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth about Republican versus, well, just the GOP in general. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, mm-hmm. we've had a rough last couple of years, but I want to just encourage you guys to stay with us. You know, there are a lot of internal um, improvements, let's just say, and come to Jesus is that we're having within the party. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to course correct. We're going to be all right. Um, but Republican yeah. party is the closest to, conservative values out there. We are the party of conservative values. And, you know, maybe they'll start another one at some point, you know, down the line. But as of mm-hmm. today, probably I'd say the foreseeable future, we're still in a two party um, system in America. So don't give up on the Republicans, y'all. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> um, right. I do. I want to give people some real nuts and bolts today, ladies. And for those ladies who are watching, who are you know, moms or, you know, maybe they're, they're stay at home moms, which I don't really care for that term very much because they're, it takes a lot to run a household. Domestic engineer. Domestic (laughs) engineer. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But for, and maybe for, you know, even single ladies out there that might be watching and have a heart now want to get involved and run or raise their hand, whatever their situation is, let's give them some places they can go. Now we've laid some great foundation over this last week, week and a half. And as we start going forward on the show, I want to just give you guys real takeaways. So let's break down, Cheryl, maybe this is a good one for you to start. I want to break down for people the hierarchy of elected offices, mm-hmm. you know, because we go, we, let's, we start with the president, obviously. And then I've, I've got a list here too, Cheryl, but you want to speak to kind of the first couple of tiers under that and then we can and then we can teach people how it comes down to their local level but I think if people just get a visual of what what are the open positions what are the elected offices that are out there so let, if we start at the presidency just underneath that Cheryl that's where well, you're going to come in well yeah. if you're talking presidency then you have the vice president right yeah. <laughs> so that's a that's a open then you have secretary of state right mm-hmm. uh that's that's a position um but but I, this is what i want to say that um if you have never gotten into uh been into um 
or just beginning to start it to get into um, um, the political arena, I would not say try to go and, you know, I'm just getting in and now I'm going to go and try to be the president of the United States. Right. right. No, just, you know, get involved. First thing you want to do is is really important. I'm sure, you, Diane, you realize that it's very important to get involved right where you are locally, mm-hmm. you know, because what we change, we change our one one area and one state at a time is by mm-hmm. uh, getting involved locally. You yeah. got to get involved local. You have the the uh, school board um, uh, mm-hmm. positions that are open. You have a commissioner of races that are yeah. open. All those little areas right there makes a difference in your town and in speaking up uh, against certain things that you don't like or whatever. Alderman, you know, whatever it may it may be called city council in your area mm-hmm. or alderman in our area. Those are the areas that you can you want to target to get in. Also, we have what you call uh, state executive uh, uh, positions. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those are positions that are tied to um, with the Republican Party from the state level. Mm-hmm. So you make a difference in those small areas first. And I always say, like I said, get involved, start going to meetings. If there are meetings that are out there that the party is having, get involved, go, go to the meetings, go and get to know the, the uh, local elected officials. They, mm-hmm. they want to meet with you. You call them and have a, have coffee or whatever. They will, they'll talk you through it. They are, they are there for you. They really do want to connect with you. So mm-hmm. that's, where I was to keep it right there. Start small, get involved with your local community um, elections that are happening locally and, and see which one of those areas you want to get in first. But don't try to don't try to come out the house and go to the presidency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good advice. Or even uh, something crazy like me, come out of the house and run for state house of representatives. <laughs> When God asked me to do that, I thought, yeah, but I thought you must mean somebody else. I felt like Gideon for sure. Um, but I want to give, let's break it down even, even more than that for a minute. And and, and I want to expand on something you just said, Cheryl, for those of you who don't even know who your legislators are, um, I want to give you a website you can go to and you can type in your address, your zip code, and you can literally our, the website for, for our general assembly, which is our state capitol, all of the representatives and senators that make up our general assembly here. This is the website and it's very modern. It's very well done. It's capital.tn.gov. So for those of you who might be listening on podcast, if you're driving, um, it's capital C-A-P-I-T-O-L.tn.gov. And, you know, you can go there and right on the homepage, it says, find my legislator. And when you click on that, you just, there is a little place for you to type in your address and it, and your legislators pop up. You'll know who your Senator is and who your representative is. And the other beautiful thing about this site is it even gives you all the information about them on like a little bio page. Mm-hmm. So you can find out, you know, what, what area of town they represent, all of the different areas that they represent. You can find out what committees they sit on in the state capitol. So like if education is a big uh, area of importance for you, then you can see if they're on that education committee. And if they are, then maybe you want to talk to them about some concerns you have. You don't want to just call them up out of the blue. I would say go on and do a little research first. Make sure you've got a, a reason to go in because their time is limited. The, yes, they absolutely want to meet with you, but their time is limited. Mm-hmm. So just do a little homework for before you go. You can also search bills that they have sponsored. Um, there's a place right on their bio to do that. 
And, um, you know, all of their contact info is there too. All of our representatives have a uh, legislative assistant and they're very outgoing and willing to talk to you. You can call them directly. All the contact info is right there. Um, so Hannah, when we're talking about coming into the U.S. congressional level, like what Quincy's going after. So we've got the, the state office, the statewide offices, which are, um, what Cheryl just broke down. You know, we've got our secretary of state here. We've got our, um, treasurer and our comptroller and all those people here. And then that's overseen by the, you know, by the general assembly. So we've got the governor, the governor of Tennessee, which is governor Lee, all of our state representatives and senators. And this is kind of at the state level. But when we now bump up to the U.S. level, the U.S. congressional level, when Quincy is um, wanting to meet with constituents out there and, and, you know, people are wanting to talk to him, how is that going to be a little bit different? How is that going to look a little bit different than if they were just contacting their state representative? And what are the things he's going to be more concerned about um, representing them on? Well, Diane, I can speak to from 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 my experience and mm -hmm. for what I'm doing. Um, I did want to add there is an app that I have on my phone to piggyback off of you, what you said, Diane, go vote TN. Yes. Um, and when I'm out on the campaign trail with Quincy and we're meeting various people, especially when I'm meeting new women who want they maybe stay at homes and they want to get involved, they want to get involved in their community. Um, I'll pull out that app and say, hey, let's let's find who your local officials, elected officials are. Mm -hmm. They'll show you who, who represents you on school board, um, executive committee, congressman, um, state representative, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I would not have been privy to that information if, if I had not have joined the National Republican Women mm -hmm. um, and met some awesome women like yourself, Diane, mm -hmm. um, who had ran for office before. And they, you know, I had breakfast or lunch with them and they share it with me, all of these different tools and they go vote TN being one of them. Um, but to your point about what Quincy experiences as he's traveling around, he is uh, addressing more at a high level of what um, the issues are for the District 5 of Tennessee, not not um, addressing, you know, uh, potholes in the road. I had to look outside, you know, potholes in the road, you know, <laughs> um, you know, things of that nature. Um, he's not addressing those issues, but, you know, at a high level, um, for example, um, he's pro-life, you know, um, by the grace of God, he wasn't aborted. Um, he could have been, mm -hmm. but instead of being aborted, he was raised in a foster care system and adopted at age 11 and a half. So he, you know, he tells his story, to, to try to support, you know, bills that are on the national level for pro-life. So he's talking more on, on that level um, to our constituents in this area. Um, but he's also, you know, getting getting his, his um, hands dirty by going and being, you know, um, visible in the community, um, not just, you know, the Republican community, but other minority communities mm -hmm. uh, who are, you know, in the middle, they don't know. They're like, you know, some this something ain't right, you know. <laughs> and so, mm -hmm. um, so um, that is some of the work and effort that he's um, involved in um, as he's running for their congressional seat. And um, I think he's on the right track so far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think he is too. He's going to do great. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there we're, we're going to cover so much. We don't want you guys, as you're watching, to feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose. So we want to just kind of drip this information to you slowly. But we mm -hmm. are going to be covering it very heavily the rest of this week, um, because mm -hmm. 
we we felt like it was important the first week to lay a lot of foundation, get you guys in the right mindset, get that courage built up, all that. And we're going to continue yeah. to feed that. But I also now want to get into more nuts and bolts, like I said. So let's talk for a minute uh, about the school boards, um, because this is obviously a very hot topic on everybody's mind right now. We are seeing, you probably have seen, if you've been watching, following any social media at all, you've probably seen videos out there of parents taking their school boards back, <laughs> you know? And so I, I don't know if many of you know uh, some of the facts about school boards, but I thought it would be important to just uh, share these with you. I want to show you a graphic here real quick. And this is, this is the first thing I'll show, and then we'll get more into um, the details. So by state legislative enactment, and basically what that means is the state oversees this, school boards are delegated power. They, they're delegated it by the state and the authority to develop policies and rules and regulations to control the operation of the schools, including organization, locations, school finance, equipment purchases, staffing, attendance, this is the big one, curriculum, extracurricular activities, and other functions essential to the day-to-day -day operations of schools within the district's boundaries. So this is like, and now school boards, they do a lot, but this is kind of an overview. Now, they are the ones that decide curriculum at the local level. So wherever your children go to school, there is a local school board that is elected by the people in your community to oversee and make these kinds of decisions. Okay. So, I mean, this is a huge job. It's so important. The, the reason that it's at the state and local levels too, is because our U S constitution does not have any mention of education. Um, there, the federal government is pretty limited in what they can order, you know, when it comes to schools and education. So it really does fall to the state level. And that's why it's so important for you guys to understand that the state, your state, uh, I call it like your Congress, but your general assembly is probably what it's called in your state is uh, the ones, they are the ones that delegate this authority to the local school boards. And I don't know if a lot of you are aware too, but school boards appoint superintendents. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. those superintendents are not elected officials. But they are appointed by the school board. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Cheryl, can you talk for a minute? Cause I know in Williamson County, there was a big fear that the um, critical race theory and a lot of that was going to come to Williamson County. Can you talk about what happened at the state level and what was going on at the local level too? You, you know about the bill that just passed right before the session ended. Yes. Yes. So actually they, they, um, so they, they passed to not have critical race theory taught in the schools. Mm -hmm. So, but before that, that was, there were, uh, there was a big fear of, of um, you know, critical race theories being taught. I was I was looking up on my phone. We have um, Scott Sapiki and um, uh, Senator um, Majority Leader uh, Jack Johnson coming, and also uh, Representative Glenn Cassidy coming to our mix and mingle on uh, on the twentieth of this month. It's mm -hmm. going to be at the Marriott Hotel uh, at 5.30. And Scott Sapiki is, he is the over the subcommittee, I think for the through the K through 12 for the state um, subcommittee for that. Mm -hmm. So he's going to, from what I hear that he is brilliant. He has a lot of information that he will share with, with you know, with the community regarding, you know, just um, uh, what uh, the state, the state's involvement for education. 
Yeah, he was actually a sponsor of that bill, I believe. Sapinki mm-hmm. was. Um, so he is yeah. uh, at that. He was he was a sponsor. I, I don't know if, how many sponsors the bill had, mm-hmm. but they they slid mm-hmm. it in. So our session mm-hmm. just ended for twenty twenty one. Right. And they were able to get it in at the last minute and uh, and pass it. So I know the Senate was going to tweak a few of the um, some of the wording just to make mm-hmm. sure that it would hold up in court should we be sued. Uh, but I do think that. Um, that we're going to be fine here in Tennessee. Yeah. That, uh, and that to my understanding too, they did not use the actual term critical race theory. Mm -hmm. They just passed the bill saying that no, nothing could be taught in our schools that, um, tried to teach children that based on their race, one is an oppressor and one is an oppressed. Exactly. You know, and to rewrite a lot of our history surrounding that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hannah, I mean, it's so important um, for people to understand the states, the, the congressional and then the state and then the local tiers of government so that they can understand who to turn to and where to go for answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, everyone may not be uh, might not be at a point in their their life where they could homeschool their children like I am, um, because uh, maybe like five years ago, I was just uh, starting reinventing myself, um, starting over my life and career and everything. And so I had to send my children to public school and then put them in private school. And this was maybe almost two years ago, guys, they were trying to teach critical race theory then. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't call it that, Mm -hmm. but parents recognized it. And um, I recognized it. And at that point is when I pulled them out. That was that was my catalyst to pulling them out and um, beginning homeschool in the beginning of 2020. Um, And I can tell you that it's been a great ride, great journey so far. Um, Not only have my children, you know, gotten all A's and a few B's, but they have also enjoyed being able to um, learn new things, um, such as like I have a special African American history course that I created myself that they have to take. Um, <laughs> you know, being <laughs> able to take, being able to, you know, eat lunch when they want to. Um, you know, um, do art. You know, if they want to do art every day, they can. Um, what kind of art they can figure that out. They don't have. I don't. I'm not banging over their head what they have to learn, mm-hmm. um, extracurricular wise, um, mm-hmm. but. Um, it's very important um, that we get involved in school board meetings. And although I'm homeschooling, I've been uh, uh, watching the Metro Nashville Public School Board meetings um, mm-hmm. online. And let me tell you, candidly, it's a mess to me. Um, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not sad that that my children aren't there, but I do feel the pain and I do care for those parents whose children are struggling because of the decisions of the school board. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we can talk about this later on this week, but it, it's, um, I have numerous stories that I can share of parents who, you know, have been up to their, their wit's end with um, how the school board is making decisions, especially yeah. during the COVID um, situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I cannot believe how fast our time goes every day. We are, um, we're going to end with a prayer here in just a second, but just to kind of wrap up today, you know, we, the, the progressive liberals that are trying to literally fundamentally from the core, change our country, rewrite our history, you know, implement all of this critical race theory, all of that. The only reason why they're gaining ground, in my opinion, well, I'd say, 
a, a very large reason why they're gaining ground is because there's not enough of us coming in, meeting them at the, at the scrimmage line. Mm-hmm. It's not enough of us coming up and fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, God says the, the work is plenty, but the laborers are few. And for most of you now who are, who are awakened, awakened to the severity of this in our country and who are ready to step up, maybe you're not going to run for office this time. OK, mm-hmm. but start educating yourself. Maybe God might put it on your heart to do that at some point. But we just have to learn how to effectively become conservative women of influence and start driving back, standing firm in our beliefs, understanding what they are, standing firm in them and then starting to drive back a lot of this evil that's trying to take root in our country. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's the so they're that's why they're like the wizard. They seem big and scary mm-hmm. and loud, but it's only because they right. they're in key positions and we need to get them out. And we can, you can, we can as a, as a uh, conservative family of God. That's right. We can do it. We can do it. All right. We are going to end today in prayer. And um, Cheryl, would you like to take the prayer today and just pray over everyone under the sound of our voice today? Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. You are a, a loving father and you're a good, good father. And we appreciate you. We thank you for loving us back and watching over us daily. And so, Father, every concern that every person has today, Father, show them that you hear, you have heard their prayers. You Even, even those unspoken is just in their heart. But Father, we ask you to watch over them, watch over their children, watch over our country. And Father, bring truth to light in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, again for being a good, good, good Father and this being the day that you have made. And we will rejoice and be glad in this day. And we put our trust in you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you all for joining us here today. We will see you back tomorrow at three o'clock live from the kickoff from Quincy McKnight's campaign. All right. We'll see you then. Thanks, ladies. Thanks, Diane. Bye, everyone. Thank y'all. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.